Uh, how are you guys? How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Regulated today, I would say. Oh, very regulated makes a change. Nice place to be. <laughs> how are nice you? Nice place to be. Um, I, I feel cozy, like cozy season. I don't know. It's been like blanket day today. Mm. Mm. Kind of low energy, mm. but kind of nice. not pleased about it. Like I'm okay with that. So that's where I'm at. I think that's really normal for this time of the year, though, right? I saw, I don't know how true this is, did not fact check it. Also, it was off Instagram, <laughs> so this might be completely true. Like, <laughs> facts. But it was saying that in the winter months, we actually need two extra hours of sleep because, like, you know, it, it's getting darker and everything. Again, don't know if there's any truth to that, but I really liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would I would agree that. Two hours extra sleep feels quite Yeah, and it was basically if you feel more lethargic and if you feel tired and if you feel slow, like don't be so hard on yourself because Mm. your body's literally just adapting to the season. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Trauma Healing Queens podcast. I'm Bianca. I'm Rose. And I'm Tyra. And we are three trauma-informed coaches looking to help you explore the depths of healing, growth and empowerment. So whether you're a survivor, a supporter or someone simply seeking understanding, join us on this journey towards unveiling the resilience within us all. Right, we uh, refocus. What are we here for today? Ladies, it's set the intention for the podcast. Do you, have you guys got like a word or anything come into mind when you when we speak of intention? Inform came to me just now. Mm. Inform. My mind's just gone blank. If you ask my mind to think of something, I'm like, I don't know, not right now. <laughs> um, I use this sometimes with clients, like mm. you know, oh. on the calls. Um, I mean, we don't have to put this into the podcast. I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, anyway. no, I like it. I think. <laughs> Inform, not warn. I think so much. Ooh. I think yeah. our ladies, when we when we work with our clients, there's so much that they resist doing because of that fear of actually going and finding out, right? And learn and mm. knowing and learning. And so, if we can maybe take away some of that fear, even just initially, because something I've always said is a problem is only negative when you don't know what to do about it. So, the more you arm yourself with information. The less negative, the less scary. Hopefully, hopefully, knowledge is power, isn't it? And even when you mm. talk about like the knowledge you have of yourself, like self awareness to me is freedom. Yes. So yeah. actually, B, we didn't ask you what comes up for you. Again, uh, I mean, I always cut like safety. Again, is just coming to me again, like safety, mm. and I feel like knowledge is safe as well. Like knowing it can help you to feel safe too. I completely. Mm. completely agree I actually wrote down the words you said earlier B which I thought was really nice and could be a good intention for today's podcast which is trauma can show up in many different ways and our intention is to help you be informed of that yes so today is very much about the different types of trauma and from the past podcasts you've heard me list off the different types so Today we're going to look at a few and we're going to kind of start with acute trauma. So just to kind of a refresher, like so trauma is 
a break in emotional, physical, or psychological safety, right? That is what trauma is basically. And then it imprints on our body. So, and it, it can imprint in many ways and in many different types of situations. So the first one we're talking about, like Rose said, is acute trauma, which is a single event. You can imagine this event to be like a big, huge event. That one event can then cause havoc for the rest of your life. So yeah, acute trauma, single event. I don't know about you ladies, but for me, acute trauma was the only trauma before 100%. I before I learned yeah. anything. Hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, for me it was the, the big events that were the most traumatic and therefore we stored the most trauma as a result, what we imprinted the most trauma. And I think it's a quite a lot, you know, there's what's the word I'm looking for here? A lot of other people feel that way. I know you guys have just agreed, but I think that also contributes to the we gaslight our own trauma. Mm -hmm. But how can I have trauma when this is happening elsewhere? Yeah. And I think actually exploring that acute trauma and other types of trauma can be present. Again, hopefully it just invites a bit of compassion into our understanding. In that moment of acute trauma as well, you know, that that survival response, like we were saying about completing the loop. If that loop isn't completed, I think what tends to happen is be, you know, in these moments of trauma, it's really, it's really, really uncomfortable. It's really, really <laughs> uncomfortable. We are flooded with really, really high, often, well, negative emotion, right? And I think what our go-to response is, depending on, you know, our upbringing and stuff, but generally, what happens is we go, oh, this is really, really, really bad, really, really bad. We kind of go into fight or flight, never finding that resource of safety, which is what we spoke about in one of the previous podcasts. And eventually we just go into shutdown. And I think that's often where that blockage is, right? Because we've kind of gone, oh, no. And then there's this huge gaping gap in that um, that trauma loop that we need to kind of go back and go, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel these big things. It's okay to feel the negative star negative again in quotation marks um because you you can notice how intensely it feels but it will come back down but it's just allowing the intensity allowing yourself to sit with that and noticing that it will come back down and you will um regulate yourself yeah and with this i think so much of the western world we none of us have got the resources so Again, you're not on your own with this. If you have experienced acute trauma and you're still noticing that you're sabotaging and you're you're still kind of stuck in these cycles, like you're you're very much not alone. There aren't many people who are taught these things when they're younger. So, you know, that's why we're here now. Sharing the love. Another, another intention for the podcast, right? I think it's very important that people remember that even though you adapted so you know, trauma is adaption. Even though you adapted as a result of these incidents, you can readapt. Yes. You can complete your loop. So we've got acute trauma, which is often a single event, and it can often happen at any point in our lifetime. But we've got also developmental trauma, which is often, i.e. the majority of times, happens between the years naught to seven. And it can happen in other developmental times in your life. So it could happen as a result of 
puberty, it could be uh, your role in life. So if you become a parent, you know, there's a developmental element there. So there's there's times where it can also crop up again, but we tend to see the majority of this happening between sort of naught and seven. There's so much that happens in those early years because we are we're orienting our lives around survival, right? And the attachments we make around survival can also dictate the attachments that we have later on in life. So a good example of developmental trauma is as a child, I get sad and I cry. And my parents tell me, don't cry. Crying's weak. Crying's bad. What are you doing? Like you're pathetic. How are you our child? You shouldn't cry. And then I believe that my sadness is a threat to my survival because as a child, my parents are fundamentally the sole reason I'm surviving. So if I see crying and sadness as a threat to my survival, you better believe I'm adapting my behaviors accordingly. And that adaption is trauma. So those moments where your parents maybe deny an emotion, and I say parents, it can be primary caregiver, they deny that emotion, that emotion then becomes a threat to my survival. So I adapt to not have it. And our work, so Tara, Bianca, myself have done a lot of work as emotional eating coaches. And so we recognize that when these emotions come up for us, we use coping mechanisms to push them back down. So our work as emotional eating coaches has been very much, we recognize you reach for food. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be just food. We recognize this could also lead to things like drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, online shopping. You know, it can it can be anything to. Why are you going to call me out <laughs> like that? Tyra's <laughs> feeling seen. <laughs> <laughs> but there's uh, me too, FYI, just yeah. uh, just on that. Uh, just. Yeah. Um, but it can lead to all of these these things. So. I think on that point as well, it's good to just raise awareness to the fact that if you are showing up in this way, you will probably find that there are some elements of developmental trauma, even though it's not like acute big event, we often are quite conscious about it. The developmental trauma happens in the first not seven years. It's often happening when we don't have our prefrontal cortex firing in all cylinders, everything goes straight into the subconscious. And so it gets stored there. I got so excited when we were discussing that we were going to be talking about developmental trauma. This is not sure if this is appropriate to say, but it's my favorite type of trauma to talk about. <laughs> you can have it's a favorite, favorite type. <laughs> I can have a favorite. I can pick my favorites, but I, th- I think the reason why not that I love it so much that's terrible why I I find it really really fascinating and I think that's because no one gets away developmental trauma free no one gets away with it it's such a universal experience and look you can have like the most incredible childhood I would say I had I had a wonderful childhood I had a very sheltered upbringing parents wanted the absolute world for my brother and I um their intentions were 100% pure so none of this is kind of blaming 
parents or anything because nine times out of ten they're also just doing their best um but if you have habits or isms that you have picked up on or that you're aware of um you know maybe you're looking at your coping mechanisms so like rose um was saying how you know we work a lot with emotional eaters people who you know food is kind of their vice and something i see all the time with women in 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 the first um sort of calls that we have is this you know like i don't know why i freaking do this it's so stupid and it's like well it's not really though is it this is literally just a survival response like this isn't stupid at all and you know when we something that i speak about with all of my clients if it's not on our first course certainly by the second course I, I want to know about your childhood I want to know especially when it comes to food like I want to know you know how 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 were emotions dealt with in your family if you have big feelings like did you feel safe to express them um what were mom and dad like how did they express emotions Bec- and then this is when you kind of see um, people kind of go oh shit <laughs> and they connect the dots right and I think we forget and I say this all the time, children are literally like sponges. They are literally like sponges. They are just absorbing everything. You can be having a big old fat conversation over here thinking, oh yeah, the kid's playing with, I don't know, their Lego. They're not listening. And then they'll just come out with, you know, they'll repeat the swear word that you just said. And you're like, hmm, sorry, what? So like children, they, they, they are absorbing everything. So when we talk about developmental trauma, maybe even like specifically relationship with food, because this is kind of the rabbit hole we've gone down, right? This is also our speciality, really. Um, But so often our relationships with food, you know, we don't even realize, but it's, you know, you think, oh, I I don't know where this has come from. But then you think, oh yeah, well, mom was always, you know, calling herself fat. Mom was always weighing herself and then was really sad after she had weighed herself. And then she would, you know, go to, a slimming club and, you know, cry after that. And, you know, then she would say, oh no, I shouldn't, you know, haven't my, my, my dinner's in half an hour. So it doesn't matter that I'm hungry. And it's all of these things. And then as an adult, you're asking like, I don't know why my relationship with food is like this. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I hate my body so much. And it's like, hmm, yes. But so so this is the thing, right? I think the, the difference with developmental trauma is it's so subtle. It yeah. is so subtle. Acute trauma is kind of like, boom, hello, trauma, where developmental is like, here's a little seed here. Here's a little seed here. And as you grow up, it gets watered and then it grows roots and then it turns into this thing. And, you know, before you know it, you're an adult who's going, why the hell do I do this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think to follow on from what you guys have said, like from the age of zero to seven, that's kind of like the foundational time, right? But developmental trauma can really happen at any stage because we're always developing. So like an example, I'll give you some of my my trauma. Um, Between the ages of like 14 and 18, I was in a relationship with this guy who was toxic as hell. But obviously at the time, I had no idea. I was being gaslit left, right, and center, right? What I know now is that was developmental trauma. I had to adapt in that situation. And because it was over the course of like four years, absolutely, that is developmental trauma. It wasn't as intense as like an acute trauma might be, but just an example of like how 
developmental trauma can actually show up later on in life as well. I'm not sure. You know, we said acute trauma is is actually between the three of us. It's the trauma that we thought was trauma, right? It's big events, big imprint. But actually developmental trauma is, you know, how you deal with acute and developmental trauma is exactly the same. So it doesn't matter how it, it, I'm gonna say it starts. Yeah, I'm gonna say starts. It shows up in the same way. It shows up disassociation, shutdown, uh, emotional outbursts, noticing that you go into the same patterns. So, be, I will not pry, but it could be that the what you adapted to in that relationship, you then saw in, in every relationship after because we repeat the same patterns. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and it is, we, we, you know, that's, we see that a lot. And, you know, actually, you know, that in itself, is, I think it is trauma bonding, isn't it? We're not in a relationship with the other person. We're in a relationship, it's actually often with our parents, right? Not to go to Oedipus complex here, right? But <laughs> our bodies constantly search for homeostasis. So we're talking here how we want you to complete the loop. So does your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And there was a phrase used um, in, the, in the course that we all went on, which was, oh, same person, different face. So we're almost trying to recreate the situation in which the trauma happened to then complete the loop. So again, our body's actually with us, right? It's actually with us trying to complete the loop. And I think developmental trauma can bring up a lot of these because we are constantly trying to heal the wounds that were caused when we were young. And this isn't, again, there's no, we're not assigning blame here at all. This is quite simply just what has happened. And the best thing is that hopefully when you have listened to all of our lovely podcasts, Um, maybe some of you have even worked with us (laughs) you then get to use the tools to complete that loop to take the rubber band off the jellyfish Mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep coming back to that because i think it's one of my favorite things yes yeah i I do love that and i I honestly think like say what i experienced between the ages of 14 and 18 like that happened there because I guess the guy that I was with at the time he'd experienced trauma in his life and it was just the passing on of trauma right so we're now you know breaking these cycles and it's really powerful stuff so the more cycles we can break the less kind of I suppose the more connection there's going to be the less of this stuff we're going to be passing around right more love more love more compassion right we're we're inviting compassion in for our in to ourselves but it also means that we recognize the echoes of trauma in others we talk a lot about you know um dieting habits and how you know for example my grandmother wouldn't have even had a bank account if she wasn't married so her sole purpose for survival was to get married so she needed to look like the dream girl to get married and then that echoes into my mother's generation we get all of the lovely supermodels and etc etc that passes down into my generation. And hopefully I have a toolkit big enough to kind of break that and stop it going any further. But that doesn't also mean that if I ever have children, I'm not gonna pass in some form of trauma to them. It's like, you know, I think I'm doing everything with the best intention, but there's gonna be echoes of things 
Yeah, no one's ever healed full stop. Like, and it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable, right? Like, yeah. to, like you're never going to go through life and never experience anything difficult or anything traumatic. So I think that's where as well, if we can just stop being so judgmental of ourselves mm-hmm. and just, you know, if you are doing the best that you can with what you've got, then that is absolutely all you need to be doing. Then you are winning. And you and also stop blaming yourself because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, don't no blame, blame yourself. There's, there's no, no, one no one to blame. No, this is like a collective, right? This is a collective thing going on. So, but we can take the power back now, guys. I think that's such a good point. The blame doesn't need to sit with you. It doesn't need to sit with anyone else. It just needs to be released into the ether. Yeah. 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 Put it in the places, all the Tupperware lids and the odd socks. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant, guys. That magical place. Magical place. I feel like we really covered some interesting elements there. Um, And I hope people take away from this a lot of, again, sort of the two. Would you say that those are the two main types, acute and developmental? It's hard to say, right? Hard to say. I would say, I I think developmental is probably the most, I was going to say broad spectrum. But like, you know, I think it's, probably the most most of us will or have experienced it yeah Mm. yeah um it's interesting what do you guys think out of developmental and acute what one carries less like shame less taboo oh (laughs) oh what a question so i tell you what so um developmental trauma for me uh mum and dad arguing loads like when I was when I was young I took that as being in like hostile environments uh mm-hmm. not liking conflict growing up to be a people pleaser that anytime conflict is brought into anything I try and people please I you know, that's that's my stress loop not completed and then acute trauma is just trying to think mm. Do you know, I would say acute trauma is losing my mum, but it was after years of her being ill. So I'm not quite sure if that counts as acute. Acute. Yeah, what do you reckon? You got one. Acute trauma. Um, I was in a plane flying home from Florida during Hurricane Katrina. I was the most Ooh. terrifying event, actually, genuinely very terrifying event I've ever been in. And I have hated flying since, right? So do I sit here and go, oh, yeah, my mum and dad argued a lot and it was really horrible and there's a load of conflict? And then say, actually, acute trauma was I, I was in a plane during Hurricane Katrina. I feel more comfortable telling you about that acute trauma. Mm. Oh, see, for me, it's the other way around. Mm. But then maybe it's because I've done the work around the, the relationship stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so like an example of acute trauma for me would be when I was younger, I... Um, went to a car boot sale with my mum and I got sunburn in my parting like on my scalp Mm. and it turned into an abscess right and my whole face just like swelled up with like toxins and nasty stuff and I had to go to hospital to have it like surgically drained and stuff and I remember them saying like I could have died from this thing and for me that moment then was like that's a cute trauma like it was like a quick thing that happened it was a one-off thing that happened but that has impacted me like 
forever. And I, I have never really, I never tell anyone about that. So there we go, guys. I've just... Uh, oh, appreciate you sharing, my love. Um, so yeah, I've, I've never really spoken about that one. So to me, the developmental one felt more okay to talk about. Why is that? Oh. I wonder if it's because like developmental is more of like everyday stuff. Like I, I think a lot of the time we yeah talk- maybe because someone else was involved in it as well yeah but I, f- I feel like it comes up in conversation a lot but maybe we don't really realize it's like developmental trauma like I don't know talking about like past relationships so you're having like a girly catch up and you're having some wine you're like oh my god yeah the ex he was such a dickhead he like did this like like you're talking about developmental trauma so I wonder if it's maybe a yeah, bit more conversational is- whereas I don't know maybe the um like acute trauma. I don't know why I want to say the word niche, but like, you know, the, 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 like be your example there of like the, the abscess like that. I can't imagine that kind of would come up as often as like speaking about boyfriends and partners and stuff. Yeah. 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 Depends. Yeah. So, and this is it, you can have acute and developmental trauma in any area. Right. So I think it's going to really vary. I don't think there's a either or. It's interesting as well, right? I'm trying to think of like acute trauma when I, as an adult, and I'm thinking of like maybe when I injured myself, Mm. like, and having that moment. But then I I know I regulated myself in that, in that time. Like I sat and I felt and I cried (laughs) like a lot. (laughs) And I let those emotions flow in that moment. So I'm trying to think like, but then it's also left an imprint. It's really hard, right? It's a good question. Yeah. I'd love to know, like, when people have listened to this, like, what their views are and if they could share it with us. Mm. I'd love to have an open discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have an open discussion about this. I think it's it's really interesting. And maybe it is the actual... Mm. Yeah, I think, like you said, maybe it's because you're alone, maybe you're with people. So, I don't know. Maybe, yes, a shared experience, or maybe if you're alone, I don't know. Is there more shame when you're alone? More questions and more questions and more questions. <laughs> we could go on for hours, right? Yeah. We absolutely could. But I think we will round off there. Um, and then <laughs> next week we'll discuss a few more different types of trauma. Um, some that I definitely know for me were completely, I'd, I'd never heard mm. of. Well, not never heard, but never knew the validity of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that note, ladies, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Um, And I look forward to sharing more with you over the next couple of podcasts. Yeah, can't wait. See you later, ladies. See you later. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope the conversation about drama has shed some light on the shadows that so many of us carry. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Join us again in our next episode as we continue to explore the diverse facets of trauma and resilience.